Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. Luke chapter 21, we're going to begin at verse number 29, Luke chapter 21, verse number 29. Jesus in this Olivet Discourse, as it is often referred to, said, He spake to them a parable, Behold the fig tree and all the trees, when they now shoot forth, Ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness, and cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore. Somebody say watch. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. And I preach tonight or this morning from this subject, simply watch. Simply watch. Would you ask the Lord to help us in the next little while? Jesus, we need your help. We're asking you, Lord, over the course of the next few moments that you would direct and order and help us, dear God, to be used of you, to speak, dear God, that which you have deposited in our heart. Dear God, let us receive of the word of the Lord today things, dear God, that will change and transform us. Baptize with the Holy Ghost in this house today every empty heart. God, bring men and women to the knowledge of your wonderful cleansing in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you now, Lord, for the work of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Would you lift your hands and voices with me one more time? And would you make a joyful sound of praise to the Lord Jesus Christ all over this building? I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. Give you praise and worship for it. Jesus' name. You may be seated. God bless you. The master has been engaging in a discourse with his disciples. Their curious mind has probed his infinite knowledge as to when particular events would transpire. He has in this 21st chapter of the book of Luke, also recorded in the book of Matthew chapter 24 and Mark chapter 13, he has attempted to give them some some little snapshots of markers that can be used as we approach the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And over the course of this discourse, he's given to us four very specific things that will be markers in this process. He has begun telling them of the fall of the physical temple 
in Jerusalem, which took place in 70 A.D. In other words, he gives to them the underlying principle. There are some things in this process of the unfolding prophetic picture of God. There are some physical things that are going to come down. Some things that are tangible that are not going to survive. Not only will the temple come down, tangible things fall, but he talks about emotions that would be affected when he says men's hearts would fail them for fear. So the tangible comes down and now emotions are are attacked and fear now becomes prevalent and then he addresses the physical assault of the body when he said some of you would be placed in prison and some of you would be given up to death and then finally he speaks of atmospheric changes in the sun, the moon and the stars and he says over the course of time as you see these particular markers the tangible falling, emotions attack, the physical body assaulted atmospheric changes he said you know that they point to one thing and that is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ he does not provide anywhere in this discourse human solutions he does not give to us human answers he does not provide to us some kind of human direction He doesn't say, now when you see these things, you need to do this, this, and this to correct it, to put it back on its path, to put it back in the direction where it needs to go, to set the stones back up again. Rather, he says, just simply let things be as they are. But he said, I want to give to you a response, how you can respond in these times. We've already looked at two of those when we preached the message entitled, Simply Look Up. That is our response in the hour that we're living right now is to simply look up. Quit looking at everything that is around us and simply to look up. We preached last week on simply have patience. That is not just a a cold idol sitting by twiddling our thumbs, but rather that is an endurance that we decide we're going to make it. We refuse to be stopped by all of this. We're going to persevere. We're going to push through and we're going to see it to the conclusion. May I say to you on this Sunday morning that our response in these times is critical. The response of the child of God, the response of those who have faith in Christ, it is important how we respond. If you don't think response is important or critical, go study the life of Abraham for when he arrived in Canaan's land, that destination of promise, there was a famine and Canaan didn't look like he thought it was going to look and the Bible gives us those haunting words that Abraham journeyed on south to Egypt. Egypt and because of an incorrect response to a world situation he ends up with a Hagar that produces an Ishmael we see that correct response in Job when the world comes crashing in around him and understandable events transpire and instead of pointing his finger at God and cursing God and die he lifts his voice in his hands and he worships God and God gives blessing and provision 
provision and sees him through. I contend today that our response in this hour is critical. How we respond to what's happening around us is vital and important. I don't want to incorrectly respond to this moment. I don't want to have the wrong attitude toward it. I want to have the correct response. So he's going to give to us a third response. Understand, he's not giving us solutions. He's not telling us how to put it all back in the bag. He's not telling us how to fix anything. He's just telling us about our response to all of this. And so he gives it to us today in our text when he says, Simply to watch. Watch, he says. In other words, he urges these that are hearing of these prophetic markers. He's urging them to be alert, to be awake, to be aware, to be on guard, to be on the lookout, to be on the watch. Don't allow something to slip up on your blind side. Don't allow something to slip in unnoticed. But be careful to observe what's going on. And to watch. It's the warning that Paul will give to the church at Thessalonica when he talks to them about the Lord coming as a thief in the night. He will remind them in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 6. He says, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. He said, here we are. We are on the brink, the threshold of the greatest event in mankind's history. The coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we cannot afford to be found asleep. We must be awake We must be watchful. We must be on guard. We must be sober because the greatest event of all the world is just about to happen. Now, I believe this is vital and significant and important because if we're not careful, we can have no discernment concerning spiritual hour that we are in right now and we can find ourselves in the same place the disciples found themselves in in the garden here they are they are on the threshold of the greatest event that had then been known to mankind the event of redemption they was ours from the moment in which that Christ's blood would put away all sin. They're moments away from the time in which uh, that the devil's head would be crushed, uh, sin's back would be broken, death would be put away, and they cannot sense the hour, and they're found sleeping in the garden to which the Lord repeatedly nudges them, trying to get them to do what? That is to watch. Can you not watch with me just one hour? Hear me today, ladies and gentlemen, on this Sunday morning. We need a little bit of discernment to understand the hour that we're in right now. It's not just a COVID hour, and it's not a pandemic hour, and it's not an hour of economic turndown. This is the very hour of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I need a little discernment. I need a little understanding to know it's time to wake up. It's time to watch. It's time to get alert. It's time to get on guard to understand we are on the brink of the greatest event the world has ever known. So if I could shake somebody today, if I could alarm somebody today, I'm going to try to do it. If I could get somebody awake today, my attempt is going to be in that line today. This is not the hour to be asleep. This is the hour to be awake.
We've got to be. We've got to be. Now this is, this is the master's concern. As he talks about these markers, all of this stuff happening, temple coming down, not one stone left upon another, emotional, uh, the, the emotional being of humanity is, is coming under assault and the attack on the physical body and atmospheric changes. And as he talks about all of this, he then points in the book of Luke to something that is going to continue in the midst of all of this. Something that will continue to move on while stones are coming down, while emotions are frayed and frazzled, while bodies are assaulted, and while atmospheric changes are taking place. He says there's one thing that will continue as it always has. And he points to it in verse number 34 of Luke chapter 21 when he says, Take heed now. Take heed to yourself, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life, so that that day comes upon you unaware. He said, now this is what's going to continue. While stones are coming down, emotions are frazzled, bodies are attacked, atmospheric changes are taking place, life is just going to continue right on. The normalcy of life is going to continue you marching, the rise of the sun, the setting of the same, going to work, coming home from work, the making of a paycheck, uh, the mowing of the lawn, the, the, the trimming of the hedge, the, the vacuuming of the carpet, the baking of the cake, the, the change of the oil and the vehicle. Everything's just going to continue right on. Uh, clothes are going to need to be bought. Shoes are going to need to be purchased. Food is going to have to be put on the table. You're going to have to make sure the bills are paid and the credit card is taken care of. And the utilities are running. He said life is just going to keep going right on. But he said the worry in this hour is that you will pull yourself into the isolation of life. Trying to insulate. Oh I feel like preaching now. Trying to insulate yourself from everything that's happening around you. Trying to pull yourself into this little, this little cocoon somewhere. So that you can isolate yourself from the pain and the suffering. And everything that's in life. Uh, that you're going to try to, to immerse yourself in living. And in the process of immersing yourself with life and living. It will separate you from the very one that you need to be watching for. Hear me ladies and gentlemen. The danger of this hour is not stones coming down. And the danger of this hour is not the emotions. And the danger of this hour is not the physical assault to the body. Or atmospheric changes. The danger of this hour is we just get so absorbed in life and living, getting up and doing and going that we forget there's a higher purpose in all of this and it's called the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't get so immersed in life. I can't get pulled into its grip. I can't come under its vice. I can't allow it to somehow or another absorb my mind until it distracts me from my devotion and my faithfulness to the things of God. Notice what Luke will record of the Lord's discourse. Luke chapter 17, verse number 26, when he gives to us the signs of these days, he says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. Now watch, he says he does not point, Luke does not record that Christ points to the evil 
and the wickedness and the evil imaginations. He does not point to the corruption and the violence of the hour. But when he gives Noah's day as a sign, he said they ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. He says, likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold it, they planted, they built it. He said he, he, he didn't point. He didn't point to the Sodomy. He didn't appoint. He did not point to the absolute corruption that was in Sodom and Gomorrah. But he pointed to the normalcy of life that you and I can get so wrapped up in living. We can get so wrapped up in our lifestyle. We can get so wrapped up in trying to make ends meet. We can get so wrapped up in trying to get jobs done. We can get so wrapped up in trying to provide for our human flesh that we forget that there's something higher than all of this hear me on this Sunday morning we got to make up our mind I'm not living for this world I'm living for that world you know workaholics the reason there are such things as workaholics is because they use their job and their career as a narcotic. It's a sedative. They immerse themselves in it so deeply that it blinds them to all the turmoil that may be in their home, their family, that may be going on in the world that's affecting them so they just immerse themselves so strongly in their jobs, their careers, the functions of life and they use life as this narcotic, this, this sedative to numb their senses to the chaos and the turmoil and the disruption of life and no wonder, no wonder Paul will say it like this that we have become more lovers of pleasure then we have become lovers of God. It's a sign of the end time. We're more concerned about the pleasure of life than we are concerned about the atmosphere of the Spirit. And Jesus will say in Luke 9, 25, For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself and be cast away? Hear me today on this Sunday morning. We cannot become so absorbed in life that we spend all our time getting and gaining and trying trying to have and wrap our hands around it because we're going to become like Lot's wife, nothing but a pillar of salt that is useless for nothing. But hear me, friend, if we can ever change our focus and understand that there's something better to live for, there's something better to work for. Does anybody remember that old song that we used to sing? Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Take this whole world but give me Jesus I won't turn back I won't turn back come on somebody ought to be on the lookout somebody ought to be on the watch out somebody ought to be paying attention that in the midst of this turmoil there's life that's happening I can't let it get its tentacles wrapped around me because there's an eternal life that I'm living for somebody put your hands together and give the Lord a hand for praise When you read Mark's rendition of this event in the 13th chapter of the book of Mark, Luke records this moment 
in which that Christ said this life that our hearts would become overcharged and drunkenness and the cares of the world that we would become so absorbed with life and so engulfed with it and so wrapped up with it that, that it, would, it would separate us and God. But when Mark gives his rendering of the story, he doesn't make reference to life and its grip and its pull and its hold. Rather, Mark gives another story that I think is very important for you and I to pay attention to. He records it in the 13th chapter of the book of Mark in verse number 33 when he says, Take heed, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. He said, now, I want you to understand, life is going to continue. And there's going to be this strong pull on our hearts from life. There's going to be these strong tentacles that's going to get a hold of us and try to pull us into preoccupation where we spend more time getting and gaining than we spend in investing ourselves into the work of God and the kingdom of God. Life is going to go right on. Seed time and harvest is what the Lord promised with the bow that he would put in the sky was there would be seed time and harvest and that seasons, summer and winter would continue on until the very end. And so life is going to march on. But when Mark gives his rendering of the story, he doesn't speak of life continuing rather he talks about a man and he says this son of man takes a journey and he left his house now in Mark's story the son of man is Christ Christ has left now speaking of his ascension that he's going back to prepare for you and I a place John chapter 14 and that if we faithfully follow after him he shall return after us and that we shall go to this place that he has prepared the son of man has left he's taken a far journey but we oftentimes focus on what he is preparing and not what he left but when you read in Mark 13 34 you read that he left his house he departed to prepare a place but he left his house in this world so what Mark is telling us that Luke did not tell us is that yes life goes on and the pull of life is there but there's something else in this world that's vital and there's something else in this world that is powerful and that's the house of almighty God that God left in this present world when it says he left his house it's talking about leaving his body it's talking about leaving his building his bride his tabernacle his church he left it right here in this present world and so in other words it could be looked at like this stones are falling emotions are being assaulted bodies are being attacked atmospheric changes are taking place life is going on but in the middle of it is the house of God it's the place where God's invested his spirit it's the church of the living God can I tell you the church is alive and well in this present world
Right in the middle of this life. Right in the middle of all this mayhem and confusion and all this stuff. He said he left his house right here in the midst of this. In other words, where you and I need to be focusing our attention is not on life, it's on church. It's not on life, it's on church. If there was ever a time that we need to become more, become more church-centered than we've ever become, it's right now. If there was ever a time we need to get more focused on the kingdom of God than we've ever been before, it's right now. If there was ever a time that we make church and the house of God and the kingdom of God a priority and an importance, it is right now. If there was ever a time that we need to make a little difference between this present world and my spiritual world it's in the moment that we live right now because I got to be careful while I'm trying to get and gain I can cut the wrong thing out of my life and if I cut the church out I've cut my very source of strength and help that I need in this present world I got to have it I got to have it I got to have it now you know this 21st century it's crazy somebody say it's crazy I mean it's crazy it is absolutely crazy Everything that is of God has been attacked. Everything, everything righteous and holy has been pulled down or attempted to pull down by, by, by philosophies and, and atheistic teachings and all of this stuff that's going on in our present world. There is a direct assault. Now listen to me. There is a direct assault in this present world against the church of God. There is a direct assault against the church. To a world that is bent on evil and sin and ungodliness and unrighteousness, the church is its roadblock. It's what's stopping their full agenda. It's what's stopping them going full tilt in the direction that they want to go. That's why Paul said in his writings in Thessalonians that there's something restraining the man of sin. Said that, that the mystery of iniquity is already working in the world. We already see his operation. We already see the stage being set. But the revelation of that man of sin cannot happen till that which is constraining it is taken out of the way. What is what's constraining it? It's the very presence of God that lives within the church. The church is what's constraining all of it. It's what's stopping all of this thing. And so they got, they got to assault the church. They got to move the church out of the way. And so we're finding an attack that's coming against the church in this hour. And, and, and there, there's, there's this deal that people are seeming to believe that there's things more important that's more vital, more significant than, than the things of God, the house of God, the church of God, the family of God. And they're trying to move this away and they're trying to minimize the church and push it out into exile somewhere and silence the church and put the church away. So what the Lord says in Mark chapter 13, if there was ever a time you and I need to be on watch for what really matters in this world it's right now somebody needs to rise to the defense of the church and say it's still my refuge it's still my place of strength it's still a place where I can hear the word of God it's still a place where I can find direction for my spirit and my soul the church is still vital to my home and to my family oh hear me today ladies and gentlemen we gotta be on watch that life don't get me 
and I get drug out of the kingdom of God, I got to stay plugged in like I've never stayed plugged in before. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, if, if, you know, if you get your if you get your hands tied, it's just hard to do anything. And if you get your feet tied, it's just it's just hard to do anything. Now I mean you can you can make a, a few little leaps, short hops, but it's just hard to navigate. If your feet get tied and your hands get tied and you feel like that you can't accomplish anything. Now, the world would like to tie the hands of the church, to cobble the feet of the church. Would like to somehow or another slow us down, put us in slow motion and in reserve somewhere. But I want you to notice what he did. Go back and look at Mark chapter 13, verse number 34. For it says, For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house. He left it. He left it in the world where he had it. He left it in the place where he had built it and established it. And he gave authority to his servants and to every man his work. Can I tell you that God did not leave his church in this present world with its hands tied and its feet hobbled. He did not leave the church in this present world in a crippled state but he left the church with authority to operate while stones come down emotions are assaulted bodies are attacked and atmospheric changes takes place. He left the church to operate with authority. I'm here to declare to you on this Sunday morning that the the authority of the church has not diminished in 2020. I don't care what pandemic says. I don't care how strong COVID is. And I don't care what the numbers look like. God's church is not hobbled. Its hands are not tied. He left His house in this world and he left it with authority and he said in Luke 10 19 I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hear me as I declare it today. Mark 16 and 17 these signs shall follow them that believe in my name they shall cast out devils they shall speak with new tongues they shall take up serpents and drink deadly things and it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He left his house with authority. Oh, hear me today, friend. You got to be on the watch out. You got to be on the lookout. You got to be on guard. I don't want to get in life. I want to get in the church. I don't want to be absorbed by living. I want to be absorbed by the life of Christ. I don't want to be absorbed by a world that's trying to pull I want to be in an environment that's trying to get me up. Oh, friend, you got to be on guard. You got to be watchful. 
Somebody clap your hands and just shout a little bit to the Lord. Not only did he leave his house with authority, but the Bible said he gave to every man his work. There is a place of involvement in the kingdom of God. I said there is a place of involvement in the kingdom of God. There is a place. There's a place of worship in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God needs worshipers that says it's just my duty. I need to worship. The kingdom of God needs praisers that just says that's my work is to praise. The kingdom of God needs prayer warriors that says that's my duty. I'm just going to be an intercessor. The kingdom of God needs faithful people that just says that's my duty. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be on target. I'm going to give it everything I got. Hear me today, my friend. God's left his church in this world and I gotta be on guard that I don't let anything take me out because I want the devil to know if he comes looking for me he's gonna find me working he's gonna find me toiling he's gonna find me investing in the kingdom of God he's gonna find me laboring in the vineyard he's gonna find me working in the body of Christ that's where I gotta be that's where I gotta be that's where I gotta be in fact, he gave, he gave one, one particular command in Mark chapter 13, verse 34. He said, the Son of Man is this man taken for a journey. He left his house, gave authority to his servants, to every man his work, and he commanded the porter. Somebody said the porter. He commanded the porter to do what? Watch. Told him to watch. Now, look what he did. You've got to go back to... Luke chapter 21, verse number 29, to find that little parable that he gave them. He says in that 29th verse of Luke chapter 21, he says, Behold the fig tree and all the trees. And I'm not just talking about the fig tree. I'm talking about all trees, how it works. He said, When they now shoot forth, see ye and know of your own self, summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise, when you see these things, what things? Stones coming down, emotions assaulted, bodies attacked, atmospheric changes. He said, when you begin to see all this stuff, he said, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. In other words, he said, Brother Bob, can you help me? I, I just need you to open those, that door right there, and I want you to stand there. Just stand in that door. You're the porter. You're on the front porch of the church. I want you to stand. And I want you to look out. I want you, I want you to see something that's outside there. I want you to look. He said, I need somebody now. I need somebody that'll stand on the front porch of the church. And their whole job is just to look for signs of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I want you to stand on the front porch of the church and look for a little bud that you see beginning to blossom. The storm got our, one of our pear trees out here two or three weeks ago. But all of us are familiar in the springtime when the buds break out on that tree and it's beautiful. And it just... Beautiful blossoms. We got it on some of our literature and stuff. Those, those pictures blossoming out. We know spring's coming around when we see those little buds 
pop out on those trees. Spring is coming. He said, now, the only way to have the right perspective of life is you got to make sure you're standing on the right porch. The only way you're going to have the right perspective of life and you're looking for the right stuff, you got to stand on the right porch. Because if you're standing on the porch of the newspaper, you're going to see COVID, 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 COVID. COVID, 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 And if you stand on the front porch, Brother Bob, I need the door open and I need you on the porch. The job of the porter is to watch. You're standing on that porch. You're looking out there. He said when you look from the when you look from the newspaper, when you look from the newspaper, all you see is COVID. You say, but when you're standing on the front porch of the church and you look out and you see it and you say, Ah, it's springtime. It's springtime. The Lord is coming. What is a sign to this world of disappointment is a sign to the church of its glorious rapture. Is anybody on the porch? Can you see anything, Brother Bob? Are you seeing any bugs out there? Can you tell me what's going on? I'm telling you what I'm seeing in the headlines is mounting deaths. I see folks are dying here. I got folks I know that's dying. I got personal friends today in the hospital that is affected by all of this. And from the signs of the world, it looks bad. But hear me, from the porch of the church, it's a bud on the tree. It's springtime. Oh! Does anybody hear me? Does anybody hear me? The political system is collapsing. The political system is coming down. It's raveling. It's coming loose. And from the porch of the newspaper, it looks like it's getting bad. But Brother Bob, can you see it from the porch of the church? Do you see a bud on the tree? When the political system falls, it tells me I'm nearing the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I need somebody. I said I need somebody to get on the porch of the church. I need somebody to get on the porch of the kingdom of God and say it's not about life. It is about Him. Somebody lift your hands to Him right now. Come on. Come on, it's springtime. I see it. I see it. I see it. I see the buds on the tree. Economy's falling. They can't get enough change. They're talking about contract tracing. It looks bad, but it's nothing more than a bud on the tree. It's springtime for the church. Come on. Somebody come in from life. Somebody come in from life. 
Somebody come in from the rat race. Somebody come in from trying to get it and gain it. Somebody come in from trying to have it and hold it. Somebody get in from trying to immerse yourself in all of it. Just get in the house that he's left. And when you get in the house that he's left, the view becomes different. And you can see that it's springtime in the church. Would you stand with me all over this building? Uh, Is anybody over here on my right? Anybody on the porch of the church today? Anybody standing on the porch? How about it here in this middle section? Anybody standing on the porch of the church? How about it over here on this left hand side? Come on. Is anybody standing on the porch of the church? Oh, friend. Oh, friend. Come on. Quit looking at all this stuff. Stand on guard. I can't let life get a hold of me. I can't let life absorb me. It just doesn't matter what happens to life. It can all fall apart. It just doesn't make any difference in all the world. What matters is that I understand Jesus is nearing and I'm watching. I said, I'm watching. I said, I'm watching. What are you watching? Come on, what are you watching? What are you seeing? What's your vantage point? I'm seeing it from the porch of the kingdom of God. Would you lift your hands and your voices with me now? Ah, ah. Come on, somebody lift your hands to the Lord right now. I'm trying to get somebody in from life. I'm reaching for somebody right now. You've got too immersed in it. You've got too wrapped up in it. You're too plugged into it. You need to get in His house. You need to get in His house. You need to get in His house. Because good things are happening in His house. You know, I live across the street. I don't have a storm shelter. Because I just live too close to the church. I got a basement down here. Three concrete walls and a concrete roof. So when the sirens go off, you can climb in your cubby hole if you want to. Some of us are living too far from the church. That in the midst of trouble, we can't get there. Somebody needs to move on to the porch and say, you know what? It's my refuge. It's my place of strength. It's my help. That's where I'm going. I'm going to church. Where are we going tonight, Daddy? We're going to church. Where are we going, Mama? We're going to church.
to church because the view from the church is a whole lot better than the view from any place else. It's my refuge and it is my strength. I'm going to get into the house of God. I'm watching. I said I'm watching. I said I'm watching. Come on, somebody be on guard. Somebody be on guard. Would you praise Him now with me all over this building right now? You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. You can call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.